Today on the Game of Fly podcast, we're going to be talking about The Last of Us episode, uh, the last one that came out. We're going to be discussing a little bit about that. Uh, my updated gripes with Atomic Heart, uh, Arthur's impressions on the Dead Island 2 extended gameplay that happened earlier this week, and then just some content about some DLC that will be coming out soon and that has released, all coming up here at the Game of Fly podcast. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Game of Life podcast for each and every Friday slash Saturday slash Sunday, discovering all these games. I'm one of your hosts, Jarrell, with me, uh, and it looks like we're, we're rocking it old school style. My co uh, my co Arthur Arthur looks like uh, Church won't be with us today, but what's going on, man? Just the two of us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we can make it if we try. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're doing good. Uh, full full transparency, we are absolutely. Uh, recording on a Sunday than normal because somebody who shall remain uh, named Arthur uh, didn't watch The Last of Us. <laughs> ba, ba, ba. <laughs> I I don't know. I just had a busy week and I don't know, stuff. You know, I was like, oh, time flies by when it decides to fly by. And um, I realized also, Drill, because um, you know, I, I try to pick up OT shifts at work. And originally, I told myself I wasn't going to pick up OT on Friday. So I could watch The Last of Us right, like right before the show, right before recording. I picked the boutique and then was like, "Oh, that's why I told myself to not not to pick up overtime." Uh, but the prospect or more money made me forget, which again I have unfortunately have a dory brain. <sighs> but I've since then the episode, and here we are. No worries, man. Yeah, I just scraped by and, and watched it uh, the Friday that we recorded, so uh, I, I completely understand. It's not a problem. I will say this, Drill. It's still better than when both of us binge-watched like three episodes of Halo to catch up and totally forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> the most yeah, we were dedicated. We were dedicated, and then eventually that just, that just uh, uh, dissipated because the the season was trash so we're just like oh man we're like three episodes behind it was like episodes like four five and six which were the forgettable ones all the side quest all the side quest stuff and when that when the show was like oh yeah quant's still a character will she be in the character in season two no one knows um and i will know because i won't watch it but joe and i were had to binge watch episode four five and six and all of a sudden when then we record and by the way, for full context, like you know, like you mentioned, I absolutely finished that last episode like 10, 20 minutes before we start recording. Like episode six, <laughs> credits are rolling Fresh now. In your brain, you're just. And like, then yes. we just, you know, we, you know, you know, we, you know, we have a little good laugh, just catch up with life and stuff before the before we record. And the episode ends, and I'm like, oh, drill. You're like, what? Uh, remember how we just we just binge watch Halo? Yeah. We forgot to talk about it completely. <laughs> oh yeah, that yeah, that was that was a great that was a hilarious so, moment when Arab Satya were just like, oh shit. <laughs> that show exists. Um, how would you describe it? Uh unforgettable. Yeah. <laughs> or sorry, sorry, forgettable. I forgot how words work. Um, but <laughs> no, how would you describe Halo? Forgettable. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. So luckily we're not having the same uh type of experience when it comes to that so it was funny i know you were mentioning before i i kicked the ball rolling with the usual jargon for gamers for life you're saying you were listening to some music uh you know today slash the other day 
uh, I started to, was, I, I'm a part of this, uh, I'm in this group where this is some guys that I know from like Baltimore and like Maine guys to do some music with. And, uh, we were talking about Grand Theft Auto and I was like, we're talking about the Grand Theft Auto Vice City soundtrack and how amazing it is. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to listen to that. So I would listen to like the playlist on Spotify for Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Amazing. <laughs> that's why you, that's why you posted about it. I'm yes. on Instagram. <laughs> I was on Instagram. And I was wondering why, like, on Jarrell's personal, you know, personal profile, he just like <laughs> quietly posts a Vice City soundtrack, and I'm like, okay, he's jamming, man. It's it's funny too, because I was like, there's certain bands where like you forget, you forget that you've listened to a lot of their music. You just haven't listened to maybe like I'm just gonna listen to this full album and this full album, but you've listened to a decent amount of their singles that have released. Like I've realized that with Judas Priest, with Foreigner, like with all these bands, and I'm like, oh yeah, like these these songs are great, but I just forgot that they were attached to these to these bands. So Man. Oh, Foreigner, by the way, shout out to Metal Gear Solid Five. I know you're going with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just like man, like I forgot, I forgot. Like it's funny because there are certain songs where I'm like, okay, this is the same band, like the same band that that did. I've been waiting for a girl like you. Also did Dirty White Boys. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, both yeah. good songs, but I'm just like, that's interesting. It's the same people, but yeah, man, amazing soundtrack, and I, I, I love, I, I love that someone made a playlist for it on Spotify and there's like 26 hours of music. So I'm just like totally down. So I'm really excited. I will say shout out to a flock of seagulls who I had the, I had the random opportunity to see them live while I was in college because uh, Santa Cruz in Northern California has a boardwalk and Santa Monica is not the only amusement style boardwalk in California. It's right. much more known. <laughs> uh, for example, if any of you are fans of killer clowns from outer space or um, also, <gasps> what's yeah, it vampire called movie, right? the vampire movie <gasps> forgot the name of it what's it called <laughs> this is your department bro you're the santa cruz guy <laughs> i've seen the movie so many times oh was my god Don man. was donnie darko in santa cruz or around there uh, uh around there okay yeah okay. but um lost blood rings lost boys lost boys lost thank boys. you yeah yeah um I was like lost in the B word. Um, <laughs> uh, lost Boys was filmed there, so there's a scene with the bridge and they're at the. I forgot the other word. Um, the pier there, the boardwalk. Yeah. But yeah, uh, randomly, Santa Cruz used to have like free, like free concerts, um, like tw uh, twice a month during that summer. I was there, and one of them was a flock of seagulls, and I got to learn about a ton of their other IPs and songs other than Iran. <laughs> um but man dude you could always you could tell the crowd was there for different reasons because there was like a majority of like an older people that you know grew up with them in 80s because you know i was born 80s i was an 80s baby yeah but not same. an 80 not an 80s teen right so the people that were 80s teens or 80s in their 20s are you know now growing up you know the, the concert they're so they're loving their full set list yeah but you could tell absolutely the gamer college kids or just, you know, the youngins like me, because when I ran and came up, it, it's like one of those concert moments where they could have just stopped the song and just put the mic to the audience. We would have yeah. finished that whole set, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's where everyone like does the Instagram stories and TikToks and stuff. Cause we're like, I know this shit. This is my shit right here. <laughs> yep. Whether it's hey, whether it's from the wedding singer or vice city, such a good song. That's awesome. Very awesome. 
Well, if you are listening or watching us, hello, be sure to like, subscribe here on the channel, hit the notification bell uh, for the YouTubes and be sure to subscribe on the podcast uh, application of your choice. Uh, if you want to check out Arthur managing the Twitch streams, or actually no longer the Twitch streams, the YouTube streams uh, for all things games, uh, be sure to obviously go to the YouTube, but anything else via Gamers for Life, such as our great catalog of audio episodes that we've already have recorded and videos, what have you. You can also just go to linktree.com forward slash Gamers for Life, the number four life. It is a one-stop link to all of our episodes and all of our Gamers for Life stuff if it's not on the YouTube. So feel free to check that out. And here in the Gamers for Life podcast, we read the news while we watch or listen to what you choose. Or you can watch or listen to what you choose by clicking on the links to the time code within the description of the episode. So you can just choose what you want to check out. Or you can hang out with us here at the Gamers for Life podcast. And... Uh, First thing on the list here before we go into The Last of Us, uh, which episode seven will be kind of the beef of the episode here. But one of the most important games of uh, this year and one that we've all been patiently waiting for. And you've kind of been the leading fan of this game, Dead Island 2. They had some extended gameplay that happened that they showed earlier this week. Uh, that you checked out and I eventually checked out uh, yesterday. Uh, but give me your impressions, man. They showed us a little bit more gameplay on uh, Dead Island 2. What are your thoughts? I'm excited for it. Um, I love the gore system. Um, so, again, for context, you know, self-plug. Uh, Victor and I are playing and streaming and uploading it to YouTube, uh, Dying Light. So, Victor and I... Um, love that series from Deep Silver and Techland even before their split. And so that's why we got back into um, playing Dead Island and then playing Dead Island Riptide. And then while we were playing Riptide, like while we were replaying it was when they announced Dead Island 2. So just again, for context, how much of a fan I was, hmm. they didn't announce it. Then we went back and started playing their games. No, we just happened to be like <laughs> mid playthrough of uh, Dead Island Riptide when they announced um, Dead Island 2. Nice. So when I saw the gameplay, the first thing that stuck out, that stuck out to me was the gore. Because going from Dead Island to Dying Light with this Deep Silver Techland split, the biggest difference was the gore, the combat, and the movement of Dying Light. Um, I would, as of right now, there's, a definite, there's definitely a year, you know, multiple, multiple year gap to polish some stuff. But I would argue dying. I never play. I've not played part two. But I would argue of the three: Dead Island, Riptide, and Dying Light One. Go with Dying Light One. Um, I think the gameplay, the combat helps up more. And and the reason I'm going on this kind of sort of tangent is all the better things I liked of Dying Light combat versus Dead Island. I'm seeing in this trailer. I'm seeing it come back. The needle sway the other way now, and now we're seeing that combat in the Dead Island style game. Because um, because Dead Island had that slow motion like gore thing but it was just polished and dying light and i'm seeing that polish now in part in dell and two um the there's drop kicks which is awesome because that's my favorite move to do in dying light right now um i was excited for it not really like overly hyped but it's not it's not really a bad thing because since i'm in the new position where i'm i'm playing it you know they're older games right now so it's kind of like fresh right now is in a positive positive way for me. Their gameplay and combat seems to be in the style of if it's not if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I'm happy for that. Right. 
Right. Um, that gore, that procedural gore, I want to see more of it because now that I'm seeing it more in Dying Light than again I was in Dead Island, where if you use a sword, the way, like I, 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 yeah, I thought it was really cool that even for dead bodies, because that's going, that's you can tell where games polish some stuff is if you can cut off someone's arm, but the second they die, they become a rag, a rag doll. It's a different asset. And that video game asset works differently. So we all know that you can cut, you know, some games you can chop a guy's head off, but the second they fall to the ground, there's no blood, there's no impact. No, you know, it becomes a different thing. But in Dying Light, uh, I was using a two-handed sword and I cut a zombie that was already dead on the floor and I cut it straight in half, like a like a butcher, like a butcher going down with a chainsaw on, you know, like a pig, just boof. And I was like, this is awesome. So they see that going from the Dying Light venue more towards the dying uh dead on the the other thing i'm on the fence about there's two things i was on the fence about the script leans a little into the eh, kind of cringy a little overly corny overly corny azuma wrote it so <laughs> you know the other thing that too is the instant kill i'm on um i'm on the fence about that because i the instant kills i noticed are done differently than dying light um the instant kills are like prompt ish space it's hard to describe um like, like in, quick time event ish sort of yeah yeah mm. yeah quick time event ish mm. where in dying light they're fluid because remember dying light's all about parkour movement it flows again it's all about the flow and the movement and though clearly dead island 2 so far we've seen is not about that i can see how again mid playing dying light then watching this those qte style sort of things may take me out of it um i'm on the fence about that because i have seen those done before and they've done they, they, they've been done elsewhere really well like for example shadows of war and shadows of mordor those are games where those qte things were done very well um but again um overall i would say not superly hyped but still okay because it's in a category if it's not broke don't fix it but the script so far the script and the characters for me so far I'm not jumping at the bit for yeah. They're kind of cringy ish for me, but mm, I think the gameplay and the overall, you know, killing horde of zombies will kind of outweigh that. Cause yeah. di again, dying light and Alan, a lot of that script wasn't amazing all the time, but I still love playing those games as I am right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting too, right? Because I feel like uh, if we talked three months ago about down to, well, actually, three few months ago, we didn't think it existed, right? And then, <laughs> and then once the the trailer came out, we were like, "Holy shit, it's real!" So, but I'm curious from the point that we found out that it's real to now, it seems like the hype has gone down. Do you think it's just because we're oversaturated with zombie games? We found other zombie games to keep us kind of uh, preoccupied and played since we didn't originally think that Dead Island Two came out, and that's the reason kind of why the hype's kind of gone down a little bit for you. Yes, um, in fact, the hype's gone down for me a little bit because I'm scratching that I'm scratching that itch with with one finishing Riptide and two playing Dying Light. Um, I know that sounds like, oh, one, you want to be more happy for it, you know, more excited for it because you're just because now you're excited for the sequel. I'm still excited for it, but it's that itch. It's that itch that gets me going, oh, what? Oh, you know what I mean? Like, and so at the time, I originally, you know, at the time, I still stand by this. When Denelin 1 came out, it was like really the only open world class based cooperative um, zombie RPG. 
like I said, zombie-based survivals are a dime a dozen. They're not bad. I'm just saying the market's flooded and it's out there. Since then, we've had more and more like Dying Light. So again, that that neat at the time niche, like all the right boxes ticked. I'm I'm having again I'm having that itch scratched more. So I'm not jumping at the bit, um, you know, hung, hungering for that as much as I was before. Um, so a little bit of the market, but it gets for me personally. If I wasn't playing Dying Light right now, I would ha- I would be more jumping at the bit, you know, hyped for this. Um, so that's why it's been dialed back a bit. Um, the other thing too is I will say this, and speaking of hype and marketing and we, you know, it's being saturated, I will say this. Whoever is releasing, uh, not whoever, but whoever in charge of editing the videos of the character snapshots, they're doing nothing. Like they don't, they tell us nothing. Cause like the drill, here's a trailer. Like this is Zoe. She's quirky. She's this. And here's her, here's her, she has the ability vengeance and it shows her kick, kick, killing a zombie. This is an RPG. Okay, what does it do? Does right. it increase your attack? Does it attack? Does, what it, you know, we want numbers. We need words. You can't just be like, revengeance, and she instantly kills a zombie. Okay, so does her attack speed go up? Does her attack damage go up? Does her crit chance go up? Does her reload speed increase? Um, you know what I mean? Like these Again, because this is an RPG, you yeah. can't just give out bland words and right. be like, yeah, isn't that revengeance move cool? Yeah. Mm. Honestly, I honestly... It, to a point drill because have how <laughs> I'm not saying useless, but because of how uninformative those videos are. And there's a lot because of how uninformed, how undetailed and truly informative those, those videos are. That's actually contributing to me being less and less hyped because they're giving me more, but less at the same time. Like I said, they've had like, I think it was like six or seven, like six or seven playable characters to choose from. And all we know is their name there, this was a tattoo artist. Oh, she ran away from home. Blah blah blah. I don't RP that hard. I don't go that much into the lore. I don't care. <laughs> you know, I want class because up until now, that all has been about classes. Yeah. Who's the blunt weapon person? Who's the sharp weapon person? Who's the gunsmith? Who is a throwing? Who's the throwing knife person? And now we know. Okay, so she's a quirky, punky tattoo artist. Cool. I have no idea now if I'm going to pick her or not. Again, you know, another another character gets shown. He has a he has a move, you know, like zombie rage or whatever. Like, or you know, that's a little afforded. But again, other you know, catch bait titles of re- again, revengeance and the and he swing and so like I still don't know. I still don't know again who's like the weaponsmith, who's you know the gunsmith, who's the sharp, who's the who's the bladed person, who's 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 a specialty of throwing throwing weapons, who's a fighter, who's this. Now at the time of recording this, those videos may be out. But because of those ton of like one to two minute quick videos that have come out, I haven't had my ear to the ground as much because those videos weren't that informative. So now I'm like, I'll just rather be surprised when the game comes out since those details aren't there. Yeah, that's a good point because I feel like by now they should have, I mean, especially if you're going to do a 14 minute of extended gameplay, you think you would talk about the game itself as far as the mechanics, right? And it's weird that because usually when it comes to something like this there's a developer of the game that kind of leads through the, the the full video right you know what i mean so regardless of how uninspired you are hearing this person <laughs> you're at least getting a lot of detail on the game 
and you know what you're getting yourself into. So it seems like for this one, it's just like, hey, look, here's more gameplay. Here's more of this. But it's like, yeah, but this is also an action RPG. What are the actual RPG components? You know, so and then obviously they didn't give anything for the narrator, the voiceover person to to talk about details for the game and the game got pushed up because of a Jedi, uh, you know, the, the survivor. The, yeah. yeah. Jedi survivor. Jedi fall right? too. So it's like, yeah. yo, tell me something about this game or I can just play Jedi survivor. I mean, not everyone's going to do that, but some people will, you know? So, yeah. um, I think that is a good point that you make, you know, cause the game looks, it looks fine. It looks good. Uh, I think like you said, and kind of, it's kind of a double-edged sword, um is the it, it looks very familiar at the same time was kind of works against it right mm-hmm. it's like we've seen this before in some ways we've played some of this before maybe not exactly so something like the death moves and seeing like you, know, you can pull on a zombie's brains or spine through its head like okay that's kind of cool you know um graphically but when it comes to playing through the game that rpg element is going to be the pushing force to get through a lot of that game right so um do we even know if it's going to be a co-op adventure is it co-op it is and it is, oh, that's okay. another gripe okay. remember that's another gripe of mine it's a three-player cooperative oh yeah not yeah i don't know why i don't know if it's a, is it a technical issue why we can't just have four like why do we have to have prime numbers that <laughs> island riptide was a five-player cooperative experience and now it's three and we've lost, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I will say that my quick soapbox of that trend of three player cooperative RPGs, dude, I'm not playing a, I'm not playing, you know, a battle royale trio game. I'm not doing trio matches. I'm playing an RPG cooperative game. <laughs> um, and, but you but went back to what you said. You're absolutely right that we've had games since then. And it, you're, you, you are, you were absolutely correct that it's now it's no longer the gameplay that's going to carry it. Cause uh, you know apples apples i'm i'd be like i'm being like oh this is dying light this is dying light this is dying light this is dying light but again i like what i just said earlier what intrigued me about dead island as a zombie game was it was different because of its rpg elements you know what i mean that exactly. for me that for me was what separate what made it um what what separated up what made it apart i can't talk right now um was separated apart from its from other contenders or other zombie genres left 4 dead is great but it's not an rpg you know what i mean like everything has either what it's lacking right. or what it's what it's adding to that massive zombie genre um and in terms of this gameplay trailer if you were really to make individual bullet points of what was actually new that we've already seen from the previous because remember when this game was debuted like the debut announcement trailer it was paired with a like 10 minute or maybe like maybe five, don't quote me, but it was paired with a gameplay trailer with it. So it's not like gameplay was like, Oh, we've never seen it before in a good way. They showed it to us when it, when they, when they announced it. But if I didn't really think about what was actually new from this gameplay trailer, from the other gameplay trailer from actual gameplay is we saw a drop kick. We saw what their, the QTE style, um, insta kills look like and the script that's really it they did a thing about elemental weapons you showed us that when you announced it you know right. we're, again gamers are dumb if you slap a battery in a sword and it goes buzz 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 <gasps> it's an electrical sword you know what yeah. i mean so yeah um 
So like I said, in terms of actually what was new from this gameplay to the other one, like those are my three bullet points. The only new things I saw that there sort of might be parkour elements, like I had a dying light via the dropkick. Um, again, script and the QTE, the QTE events. Um, so I would have actually, I would have preferred a dev to go more in depth of this RPG. Like who's this character? Like, again, I don't want to know her backstory. I don't care. <laughs> her backstory is not going to make me buy this game. For yeah. It's a dead <laughs> Island too. We're not, we're not trying to get a full deep last of us, you know, <laughs> dude, I didn't, we didn't wait like eight years and we're not willing to pay $70. Cause we know, cause this person is, cause this person's, this person's a Pisces. Yeah. I don't care. Did who, <laughs> did who, who do you voodoo bitch? Did it go gold and platinum? <laughs> dude. Like, yeah, that's what I want. Give me, more of that they did show us like kind of how a side quest works um but um another thing i will say this is also a soapbox to general trailers show us what your hud's gonna look like stop showing us this hud setup that no one uses or at least the vast majority of people don't use especially in rpg it, yes it looks nice on a trailer but be upfront. like for example Ubisoft has a big problem with this. Remember that was a running joke when Badlands or Wildlands, one of the 50 Tom Clancy games came out is when people were like, dude, this HUD is cluttered. You know what I'm saying? You remember that oh, one? It yeah, was yeah. the one with John. Remember the guy, John Bernthal, the Punisher. Mm-hmm. The, so they had the Tom Clancy game he was in. That was notorious for that. But again, all the gameplay trailers just saw this crisp, but non-existent HUD. Right. So, when I see that, I'm like, just I want to know what your HUD looks like. How cluttered is it? What does it look like? They might have eventually showed it when they were doing other things, but I don't remember it. 50 50 of a you know, forgettable trailer, 50 50 of a Dory Brain. But I still say, I want to, if you're going to show me a quote unquote gameplay trailer, I want to show what the game will look like when I am playing it, which includes a HUD. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think one thing you said too, as far as like uh, games with three players versus four or five, like we, if if we are, if there are these next generation consoles per se, like give us next generation features, i.e., four or five. And it's weird because it's like we've had these numbers before. We've had the game, the numbers of people playing via co-op, and they weren't, they weren't the. the I guess at that time they were current gen, right? But now we have these new consoles and we're seeing three, you know. So I don't know if it's a technical issue, but I feel like it's not really an excuse at this time, just because one, Dead Island Two came out, was supposed to come out years ago, right? And it's pushback, uh, and um, it's not just Dead Island Two; it's other games too. But I, just in general, I would like to see those numbers go back up, you know, especially for games that the the core the, the core reason that people playing it is going to be a co-op online function so i agree with that i was going to say too to to kind of tailor off uh or to connect uh the segue via the that, fantasy oh go ahead go ahead could do two more back to your thing so drill but to your thing about the three-player thing you were saying oh in older gens dude ps2 multi-tap had four slots <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. so when i when i hear you again you're right what about when i hear oh it's a technical concern i'm just sitting here like you do know the ps2 was the most most successful console of all time uh yeah we, we know for a fact that was a four-player multi-tap in fact some games had eight player there are like some wrestling games for like royal rumble and stuff like that you can plug in two multi-taps and have eight players so the yes, PS2's i would there. argue though that the te- these games now were more technically advanced you know so it's like yes you have eight but you have less to there's less, you know, power that the system has to push. But to your to your point, you know, 
just a generation ago, we had four player co-op online. So it's like, that's not an excuse. Where's the four or five player co-op? You know what I mean? Like we just had this a console ago. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. I, I just go back to like, that's like, oh, we can't do this guys. But the PS2 can hold the eight players, but that's different. Okay. Tony Stark did this in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So that's my thing. Again, again, you are correct. The the power required, the the, the tech, the technology required to make this, you're absolutely correct, is vastly exponentially exponentially more powerful than a PS2. But again, that's just that's my dumb dumb response. I'm like, Tony Stark did it with a PS2 multitask. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing I'll say is, as much as I'm criticizing this game i'm still liking for it you know kind of like not apples apples but you and ps you know you and sony you're like by the way i like sony <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I have to remind people because i've been yeah. saying how much i hate everything sony's doing right now <laughs> by the way i'm still excited for this game I'm, I'm i will be getting the digital deluxe edition not the collector's physical stuff um i'm kind of over that just because again for more reasons one as i discussed previously i'm team digital game versus physical disc um but but yeah like i said the game, this one, it didn't make me hype for it, but to a point, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And there's a lot of things for me that I, that I was criticized about it or like mm, curious about it, but I'm so excited for this game and I am still going to get that digital deluxe edition. That's cool, man. I, I, I'm, I'm definitely rooting for you on that. Uh, you definitely should. Um, so speaking of uh, just dead island and games that we've chosen for our fantasy card i just think i just thought it'd be interesting just to talk about this a little bit and then we can also segue into uh, uh some other stuff here but um so yeah so dead island 2 obviously it's part of your fantasy card any concerns <laughs> on the reviews potential reviews i want to say yes and no because i don't know where this is going to go dude um that would be a coin toss, right? As far as just mixed reviews. Yeah. Well, because also what's making me doubt myself, kind of like a sports better when there's like an upset, is like Hogwarts outperformed Atomic Heart. <laughs> what? <laughs> I never yeah. thought that game was going to outperform anything. You and I were very critical and very nervous about the game. We're like, this game's in production hell. This game got announced when you and I were both working at a job over a de- like roughly what feels like a decade ago, you know? Um, I know, I know trust in that combat, da, 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 da. you know, things we discussed before and how atomic heart wasn't as successful as I thought it was going to be for, you know, for reasons you, you, you more, you know, more than me, we'll go more into it. Cause you've been playing it. So with dead Island, um, I'll be honest. I think from what I saw from the script, if reviewers are like me, I think the script might actually hurt the scores more because of that cringy corniness. I put it this way. I, I if you have done right, the cringy corniness can 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 be an, be an excellent booster for it. Sunset Overdrive. Sunset Overdrive did it did comedy for the goal to be funny. I feel like this script so far and a lot of other gaming scripts are edgy or quirky just to be edgy or quirky. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas other games are written funny for the goal of to be funny versus sometimes scripts, scripts give me that feeling where they're trying to be funny to say people, look, we, we know you, we know what you like. And I'm like, no, you don't. 
<laughs> I think we, I think, I think it's a great point, Arthur. I think too, we need to have an episode about this chat GPT stuff and how that's going to influence gaming. Cause I think it absolutely is, um, in multiple fronts, but definitely want to have that on a future episode, but you mentioned atomic heart. I wanted to talk about, um, kind of my update in the game. And then also just like get a little bit of an understanding of like how people feel about this game. Um, because obviously it got 74, so it didn't get the greatest of reviews. And like you said, Hogwarts even performed a lot better. So, um, let me read off a couple of reviews here, uh, for, for, um, the game. So, uh, this is IGN Luke Riley. So it says Atomic Car is a highly imaginative Adam Punk inspired attempt at picking up where the likes of Bioshock left off. That makes missteps, but definitely has a ticker to punch well above its weight. Uh, PC Gamer 78 says Atomic Heart aims high end, even though it doesn't quite pull it off. It is a decent shooter in an exceptionally realized setting. Uh, Games Radar Plus, Joshua West, two and a half out of five stars says Atomic Heart is a messy video game with big ideas and a desperate need for refinement. Uh, Metroid Game Central said the mix of highbrow story concept and complex first-person combat is certainly reminiscent of Bioshock, but this churlish homage has nowhere near the same nuance in terms of either plot or gameplay. GameSpot said Atomic Heart, 6 out of 10. Atomic Heart lacks a follow-through on its most interesting narrative concepts and plays it safe with uh, first-person shooter gameplay. Uh, and I'll read the last one here, Destructoid. It says here, you got a 6 out of 10. Slightly above average or simply inoffensive. Fans of the genre should enjoy them a bit, but a fair few will be left unfulfilled. So it sucks too because I feel like those those summaries don't really give a, they don't give a detail enough of why they gave it those scores. Some of them did. It seems like a lot of them just don't like the story, which in essence is kind of on brand for me. So... Um, I'm, I want to say I'm about 20 hours into Atomic Heart. I think it's really good. I oh, think it's damn. really good. Uh, I think you it's a planet. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, upgrading your, your weapons, your abilities, I think that stuff is really great. It's really good. Um, but the, the issue really is the story for me. I just think, I think when you're playing this, you're playing this Russian guy again, who, who doesn't seem Russian at all. <laughs> he has a very, very American accent, you know, um, and uh, it doesn't really seem like it doesn't really seem like uh, he's from Russia at all. But um, you, you just kind of play an idiot. You know what I mean? Like in my mind, unless there's something different in the gameplay that is completely like off, like off putting from what it's leading to where I'm like, dude, Dr. Sessionoff obviously is the uh, spoilers. Dr. Sessionoff obviously is the bad guy and this guy is just like a pawn or whatever of him. Uh, I just hate those type of storyline mechanics. And then just, it, to me, it just gets more and more annoying. Like as it goes on, I think one, I think a, one technical issue, I think of the game, um, maybe not technical issue, but just, just the developer choice. I think it's way too hard to, um, some of the weapons in the game, I think should be more readily available because you have to get these blueprints that are in these crates throughout the game and um there's certain like i'm collecting a bunch of ammo of weapons that i cannot use because i don't have the blueprint yet and i'm like 10 15 hours into the game i'm like something's wrong like that is to me that is an imbalance if i have hundreds of rounds of a weapon that i can't unlock because i didn't go into xyz thing to open this crate 
for this weapon, I feel like that's there's an issue with that. It's like imagine in Call of Duty if you're 10, 15 hours into the game and you can only play with a pistol, a shotgun, and a taser. It's like what? You know what I mean? So I think I think there's 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 issues with that as far as just uh, the imbalance of uh, collecting weapons throughout the game. So that is to me that's annoying. Uh, that's that's one of the biggest annoying things where I'm like, yo, there's mad things around here that I can't even use. Like even one of the characters gives you a, uh, they give you a blueprint. It's kind of an opposite thing, but they give you a blueprint. But I didn't have enough resources, and I still don't have enough resources to unlock this thing that they got. You know, it was like a rocket launcher blueprint, but I don't have the resources to collect it because of whatever reason. So I just think there's certain there's certain gameplay choices that they put into the game that don't make a lot of sense, and it kind of makes it less fun. You know, like if I didn't have the weapon, the uh, if I didn't have the other abilities, you know, as far as like telekinesis and all this stuff, like the game would be like literally unplayable. So that's one of my biggest issues with it is uh, is that. And um, oh, and there's a lot of glitches. Like first, I didn't have any issues, but later on, I, I did. Like there was one point I literally couldn't, I literally could enter certain areas that I had to enter in order to progress through the game. Um, and I, I turned off the game because I was super annoyed. And then I guess there was an update or something and they fixed it. But uh, there's certain points where you, you get stuck somewhere and you can't move, you know, and then you have all these enemies that are trying to kill you. Um, so there's just weird, weird nuances like that when it comes to Atomic Heart. That, as someone who was going to play it, but held off because I heard things from you. And that's also on my draft list <laughs> very disappointing um because when it comes to like again blueprints and rpg things exploration is is it's like there's that there's that thin line you have to walk that for people that don't have time or that don't scrounge every single nook and cranny in the entire game just want to check out the main quest line or whatever it may be the game still has to be playable Right. And most games balance that by giving you a basic version. For example, Dying Light. Dying Light introduces the you can the shield mechanic. They get when you unlock that, they give you a basic rundown, low stat, nothing special, no no you know no elemental uh, a shield. You have a shield, but no with none of the bells and whistles. If you want the bells and whistles, you can go find the bells and whistles. But you can't, but you, but you, but you, but you are able to say, "Hey, at least I have a shield." And same thing with guns. Is like usually they give you a basic, here, take this, boom, and they hand you a pistol or thing of a basic thing. And if you want to add blueprints or mods, upgrades, whatever, how their crafting specifically works, same thing. You can go explore that. You can do side quests for it. Um. So, it's it's unfortunate that, and this is why. Con- connecting dying light where i feel like i'm getting more and more nervous about it the more i talk about it connected to dying light atomic heart all we saw was face value gameplay shooting and using powers so all this other rpg side of it that fell short we didn't we didn't really see any of that previously we saw cool telekinesis cool electrical powers cool weapons and two robots whose character models were focused on very heavily. <laughs> um, so again, what you're saying is, is, you know, I, I don't know if it's grindy. I know some RPGs do that where it's like, Oh no, you want to go get resources. Keep, keep doing that. Well, that again, that makes it, 
that's not making it more difficult because you have to go do more of it. That just makes it more grindy. Um, yeah. Something again, something Ubisoft is not- notorious for. Why right? Ubisoft introduces their quote unquote fast pass or shortcut DLC, where it's like, oh, you have to go find all those shards. You could just pay us and we'll give you those shards. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, to say that a game, you know, a developer, a publisher, a marketing team might say, oh, the game is difficult, you know, has difficulty because of that. Like that doesn't make it difficult. That makes it just grindier. You know what I mean? That you know, a, you know, a boss attacking a certain speed or right, increasing in difficulty. That's a difficulty setting. Yeah, um, and, and not, I think not, I think not, men, not I think back. mentioning. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say to your point, mentioning uh, mentioning Dying Light is a good comparison because Dying Light also is a little bit difficult when it comes to getting weapons in the game, right? But I think what Dying Light does what does well is that is the balance in it. Like if there is, if there is. Um, if you're collecting weapons of a, or, or ammunition, more than likely you'll be able to find that weapon pretty easily right afterwards. You know what I mean? Like I remember it took a long time for me to get an automatic like rifle, like a, like a machine gun for dying light. But but the the same time when I finally collected ammunition for it, I ended up killing someone who had that weapon. So there's the balance there. But it's like imagine collect imagine collecting all of this ammunition. And you can't find. You don't have that weapon. You don't know where the where the uh, where the blueprint is because they won't tell you. I have to literally f- search online. You know what I mean. And I feel like this is the imbalance when it comes to like even like uh, strategy guides, right? Where it's like, or like back in the day when strategy guides is like, oh, like this is how you find everything or go through everything. But if I play the game, eventually I can find it myself. I just have to do the work. But it's but for this game, it's like. Okay, you guys literally aren't guiding me into how can I find these things, and now I'm just collecting a bunch of ammunition for a weapon that I don't know how to find, and you guys aren't telling me how to find it. So I'm like, there's a gap there, you know what I mean? So there's literally like a gaming issue in the development process of making it. So, so yeah, so I mean, that's that's kind of my two cents on it. I'm still gonna finish the game. There's a lot of puzzles in it, like every other thing that's puzzles in the game. They're not hard puzzles but it's just more like annoying hurdles per se it's not as annoying as like the tanks in uh arkham knight (laughs) or it's like okay they literally just stop caring about the batman game but um uh it's it's a little bit of a pain in the ass but the gameplay is so fun like i love just like grabbing a bunch of people via telekinesis into the air and then slamming them to the ground and everyone just blows in pieces like that's just too fun i'll I'll keep playing that (laughs) that's that's good because there are some times where the gameplay, if the gameplay doesn't at least quote unquote save the game, it makes you it makes you come back to it. Um, Definitely. I was gonna say with you, I can't think of, I can't think of an example other than GTA, but you're right. It's like the game. It's like built into the game where you reach a certain level or you're getting certain ammo. Now, now this becomes more available because for a while, you know, you, we can play an RPG. You're like, I want a bow, I want a bow. And then around around the same time you find a bow, you finally start getting arrows or vice versa, chicken the egg. Once you start finding arrows, you start finding a bow. I'll say one example of this. Uh, I feel like I feel like is we've all noticed is GTA. GTA always has this thing where if you're in the wild, you see a ton of cars. The second you get into one car, you see nothing but that car everywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could be a GTA. You could be in GTA. Look forever for a Hummer. I think it's called the Patriot. I want to say it's yeah, it's still it's called the Patriot. You can go ever in Vice City looking for the Patriot or in San Andreas looking for the Patriot. 
hours of the game, never single, never find one. The second you jump into one Patriot, poof, they're all over the place. They're in Inglewood. They're, they're in Santa Monica. <laughs> they're in Hollywood Hills. You know, you know what yep. I mean? Crenshaw's got Hummers everywhere. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's just so that's I don't know why, but that's something you were. I don't know why, but when you were saying that, that's what made me think of. Of like, you know, it's like oh, I can't find this. It's like, you know, it's like oh, we're starting to get ammo for X, Y, and Z. Let's start providing, you know, the matching guns for the same things. But again, I don't know why that just it just reminded me of GTA of like, man, I need to find this Porsche, you know, whatever their 911 was called. I think their 911 was it was like a Jaguar or a cat, something like that. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, like I said, you can't find it. The second you get in that Porsche 911, boom, there's 911s all over the place. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, so uh let's lean to the topic of the show here, the main topic of the show, which is the last of us episode seven review. Um uh I uh, last minute, but I ended up watching it, <laughs> and uh, you ended up watching it as well. Um, Your last minute I, was much earlier than my minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, once again, I think this was a really good episode, and it seemed like this episode was definitely dedicated to the Left Behind DLC for The Last of Us Part 1, uh, and I think they did it carbon copy, you know, almost damn near carbon copy to how the the, the actual gameplay and cinematics were for the left behind DLC. Um, I think my only annoyance, but obviously it wasn't too annoying. Um, it was the first part of the show where, uh, you know, Joel's like about to conk out and then she's the banger. She's going to leave. And then it, it, it flashbacks to her running in the gym, you know, in the, uh, the, 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 the ward or whatever with all the kids uh, Fed, Fedra zone. Yeah, the Fedra zone. Thank you. And but there wasn't any subtitle. There was anything dictating like nine months ago or years ago or this. It just cut to her in the Fedra zone, and I was like, I guess that annoyed me. <laughs> it was, was a like, weird. It was a weird timing for a transition. Mm-hmm. Like Joel, no, leave me, leave me. You know what this reminds me of? Cue the Wayne, you know, cue the Wayne's, the cue the Wayne's world flashback. Oh, doo-loo, doo-loo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, it's kind of a weird, it's kind of a weird transition. That was the smoothest transition. But uh, I mean, beyond that, I thought it was great. Um, you know, I pretty much was right for the most part because I said last episode for Gamers for Life, I said this episode Joel's not going to be in it, and for the majority he wasn't because, in fact, it was the Left Behind DLC that they were filling in within these episodes. But um, I thought it was interesting. I don't. The only thing that I I don't know if it connected. I don't know if it connected as well as they he they wanted it to. Was I forgot the I forgot the lady's name that she had that she, her friend that she kind of had an interest with. I forgot her name. Her buddy. Yeah, her buddy. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I said that like that. I don't remember her name. But um, as far as for that story, right, the Lepine DLC story, and in general, it connecting to like, I guess maybe it was just connecting to like you know I've lost like all these people that I've cared about and loved Zaza. And then, you know, as she's at the door, it's like, I'm not losing Joel because I lost too many people. So maybe that's probably the connection there. I don't know if it was the smoothest connection as far as like versus say like, oh, let's just let's just watch this flashback of when she was here and then we'll cut back and we'll finish the episode. You know, so I don't I don't know if it was as smooth of a 
of a transition when it comes to inputting the left behind DLC and coming back to it. But overall, I thought it was a solid episode. I thought it was really well done. I feel like most of the episodes, they didn't feel like filler episodes, even though they could be in fact defined as them like episode three with bill, like that could definitely be considered a filler episode. But I think because it was so good and interesting that it kind of waves over our heads, similar to this left behind DLC one where this may be more so considered a filler episode because we're like, yo, Joel's dying and you're riding on a carousel. You know? <laughs> Obviously it's a flashback, but you know, um, this we may be considered the, more of a bleeding. Is that mortal Kombat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like this could be more defined as a filler episode. Um, but, uh, but over, I mean, it was, you know, everyone killed it. You know, I think Ellie did a really good job. Uh, uh, Ellie did a really good job. The person who the the, the person who acted as as her, her friend she's she's been in a bunch of stuff she's in Euphoria, uh, she's in Ava DuVernay's thing she's a really good actress, um, you know and again she killed it, but um, yeah I've yet to have an episode where I've been like I don't like this episode you know and I think that's pretty impressive for seven consecutive episodes where I'm like this is good but what what are, what are your thoughts? This one was the closest, I would say. Not that I don't like it, but this one was the first one so far that wasn't like, whoa, for either action and or story. I think you're right because one, the transition, and two, the overall link to it was the landing wasn't stuck. You know what I mean? You know, it's... I, I feel, Again, you're, I feel like the connections of why... If you had to say why. Like, why was it important we saw that? I, 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 It's like we can say face value why it was important to Ellie and why that's a big memory, a big moment for her. But in terms of why we're seeing this now in the middle of what's happening with Joel, that's where you're right, where the timing wasn't great, wasn't the smoothest transition. I think Drell has done better transitions than that. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, and this, I, and again, this is one I want to know, uh, someone who hasn't played the game, what do they think? Because for people like us that, that have played the game or know the DLC, I thought it went on longer than it should have. Now, Bill, the Bill episode, I think was done great because it was such a stray from the original content that I was still looking at like, okay, what's, we you know what's going to happen because in the game for, you know, compared to episode three, because in the game, Bill's alive, Bill's there with Joel. And he's a, he's a character in the story. Whereas with episode three, it was, uh, it was, uh, det it was detached from the original source material really. And they did their own thing. So for them to end episode three like that, I thought it was done great. Not only is it own narrative, but again, how they detach from it. Whereas this one, was we know them source material and because it was a one-to-one -one, we knew was coming i thought it could have been cut down a little more now that's also coming from somebody who is quote unquote familiar with the source material but i never played played the dlc by the way for looking it up storm reed is the actress and riley was the character's name <laughs> um yes so, i was thank you <laughs> i got you um so so again so this one it definitely is not bad, but this one was the first one where I thought the pacing wasn't great. Um, 
And I will say this though, I thought it also even even though it was one, I feel like it went on a little too long. I also thought they would have ended it differently because I kind of wanted to see how 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 like how how she died because remember because remember when the first time we meet ellie she's not walking free doing what she wants the first time we meet ellie in this show she is with marla or whatever that person's name is it with the um, that firefly subgroup yeah so i wanted to have seen since how we've already seen a lot of significant deaths we we have so i wanted to see that like the kind of final moments of those two characters and her transitioning into meeting the fireflies in the Boston Fedra zone versus they're just hugging. They've accepted death. Um, they've accepted death and it ends. Cause I want to say, I want to say in another one episode where Ellie was questioning Joel and whether he's a quote unquote good guy. And Joel was saying, have you killed anyone? And I want to say she said yes. Or did she say no to that question? Remember? Uh, I think she said something that pretty much alluded to she has. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like with how important that episode was and that conversation was if Riley, her best friend, um, and you know, like who to crush on, um, AKA her buddy, <laughs> her pal, um, if I would like to have seen the emotional impact or just her having to kill Riley. I mean, we, it's not like the show skimps off of emotional hard deaths. They've given us plenty. So I felt like this was one that I really, I, I, I kind of wanted to, that was, this, this is the one I wanted to see the most actually of Ellie going through that. Um, so that's, that's for me, like I have a little more gripes. It still gets in terms of pass fail. It still gets a pass for me, but off the cusp, I feel like there's more negatives than shouting glowing huge amazing positives that we've seen in previous episodes um um, for a lot of us of course there's nostalgia or the hashtag i'm old (laughs) you know of all that of all the stuff of her going through the mall and us you know reminding us that ellie was born into this world ellie was born into this apocalypse she didn't grow up into it like um like her friend riley who was like have you ever seen dead people yeah, I've seen my dead parents, you know, and yeah. So that's kind of my thing. It's like a capturing two word. The way that it was done, I felt like it was shorter, but the way it ended, I would have liked to see more of that last bit. Yeah, because it, it, it's a it's it's um it's a balancing act, right? Because that's exactly how the pacing of the DLC in the game is. You know what I mean? As far as the nostalgia of her seeing all these things. And really, what's carrying us through the episode are is this dialogue and the the the, the chemistry between you know uh, Ellie and Riley. You know what I mean? That's really what's what's carrying us through. And I thought they had a really good chemistry. They had good enough chemistry to carry through the episode for me, at least. Um, I don't know if I wanted to see Ellie kill Riley, <laughs> um, but I can understand if he did. Uh, but I do think that is a good point, though, as far as like it would have been nice because we we got to the point where we see that scar, right? The same scar that you know Joel and Tess see, as far as like Joel, like she has the scar, you know. And she's like, no way, I'm not, you know what I mean? So, um, but I think it would have been interesting, at least, to see like when she turns, and then before she starts turning, she realizes that it's like that Ellie is special because she's not turning you know what i mean so and that obviously that would have been an extra add-on 
separate from the left behind DLC because in playing the game that doesn't happen. That's separate. But I think that would have been interesting too, you know. So so yeah, I think they could have. I think they could have connected. They could have connected it a bit better as far as just adding this DLC and having it tied just a little smoother into the story of this show. So that I definitely agree with. I agree with you there. Next episode I'm really excited for. I don't know if I should say it cuz you know oh. spoilies, but I'm oh, like, no. yo. I watched I watched it dude. Dude, if you're going if people go to the movie theaters and wait like 15 minutes for a Marvel credit scene, wait like 60 seconds for this show sneak peek to pop up. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was, I, I was I, like, yo, crazy. I watched, Jarell, you're not spoiling it. I watched the sneak peek too. Let's talk about it. I'm I hyped. am hyped for this next episode. I'm, I'm like, yo, they got our boy Trevi Baker in the show. I said, that is fire. I'm excited. I'm terribly excited. I'm to say, I, he's, one of my, he's one of my favorite voice actors. Like, you know, a second to, uh, to, to Mark Hamlin, Mark Hamill, and Kevin Conroy. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, the, the late, the late, the late great Kevin Conroy. Yeah, um, yeah. You're, but dude, and because that's my thing in terms of again me watching, I'm playing, watching it. That segment in the game that we're going to see in next episode, that was my favorite segment in the game. Um, I try not to you know go soapbox too much, but to Last of Us, to the Last of Us too. I'll say this. Another reason why, just for context here, another one of the reasons why I was, as a viewer, a little more critical on Last of Us 2 is because the non-Joel segments at, in Last of Us 1 with Ellie were some of my favorite parts of the game to to watch and to be immersed in. Like that whole segment, the whole sequence with Ellie and, the, and spoiler, what are going to be the, the cannibals, which, you know, um, with Troy Baker and the group there, and that last boss sequence that they hinted at in the sneak peek, those were some of my favorite segments of the game. So again, so whereas comparing the non-Joel segments in Last of Us 2 with Abby, uh, that's like in these of you didn't play, I was like, nah. But again, so all I can say is that this next episode, I'm ex- I'm especially excited for because that was my favorite part in Last of Us 1. Yeah, that was definitely intense. I was like, God, I hate this son of a bitch. So <laughs> definitely excited. I wonder if this is, I don't think it is, but I wonder if this is Troy Baker's director, not, not director debut, but acting debut. And like, uh, I doubt it. He yeah. had, he, I mean, I feel like, I feel like I need to, I'll, I'll, I don't think it's worth a bet. Now this might be his first like quote unquote big at Doral debut. Cause I feel like he's definitely appeared in a lot of online shorts or like acting debut. I, 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 yeah. I almost said director debut as well. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So wait, it's true. Wait. Um, so yeah. So like, like I said, I feel like in terms of quote unquote mainstream, mm-hmm. I feel like this is, or at least big break, you know, you know, right. cue like a random B movie or something. Um, like no offense to that. I'm just saying, I feel like this, you're right. This is his first big actorial debut. Nice. Um, being in front of the camera instead of in front of a mic. Yep. Um, going back to the episode itself here, be, I, I think what you're saying on, because they couldn't fit it in perfectly via transitioning or linking it, the overall power or I don't want to say power, but overall tone or, you know, brevity of what we saw to the episode that's happening at hand. I think that's why it feels like a filler episode. That's, mm-hmm. what, feel, that's what kind of what filler episodes are. Filler is like their own thing. They don't have a home. They don't have a place, but we still want to show it to you. We'll put it here. Boom. It's a filler episode. Yeah. The story isn't necessarily progressing. Everything that's happening isn't progressing the current episode. You know, yeah. if I had to choose editing 
choices, I would have tried to cut them two to two together as it was happening. Like while like while her and uh while Ellie and Riley were like struggling with the clicker, I would have cut back to what is one of the last shots of the episode of her frantically, you know, frantically going through the dressers and drawers and, uh, uh, you know, you know, cause, cause that, that tone would have been, would have matched it. You know what I mean? I would have, I don't know how many times, like, again, if you know, how many times I would have quote unquote done that matching cut, but that's something I would have, that's something I would have liked to see in terms of the match, the tone and their pacing of the overall um, episode was, you know, her and Riley are finding a clicker. Oh, frantic, it's frantic, it's frantic. Boom, cut back to, oh yeah, there's real things. Because you kind of forget because of the how, because this episode is 98% the filler. We kind of forget. Joel's pretty much dying, by the way. That's happening. We might have forgot, but it's not like <laughs> Joel doesn't have, Joel doesn't have, you know, a paper cut. Dude is bleeding internally. Yeah. But you would really never feel that based on this episode. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it was like Joel passed out memories stitches yeah you know i mean because yeah. that's so that's how i would have kind of brought more brevity to joel's injury now that being said because of the game sequence we might get more of that in the next the next the next episode but that's the thing i just thought of you know that would again watching that of like oh joel's not taking a nap joel's not sleepy he's dying <laughs> he's like near death he's bleeding out it's like leaving behind leaving me to die and then again, so that kind of like, like, that's where I feel like this would hide him better. Like skipped. Like, it, I feel like everything pre Riley and that flashback we could have skipped. The Emily chick, the fight, the punishment, the talk of the of all again everything before Riley showed up in that um, flashback. I feel like could have. I feel like it could have been left out. Everything I before mean, Riley I mean, sneaks in the room. Yeah, I mean, and I. I... You know, I mean, uh, I think that's warranted. I think it it possibly could. I kind of liked it just as this for it to set up meeting Riley. But but yeah, I agree. It, it, was it a full necessity to show all of that? No, you know. Um, I but I, I think it was interesting just to show like kind of like the reminder of how Ellie was before Joel. Like I thought it was interesting just to see that notion, right? And then whoever you know she connected with or whatever at that point in time how is she around other kids that are around her age so i thought that was interesting too but but yeah like you said to your point definitely not a necessity and i take it back i think you make a really good point of actually showing her kill riley i think that would have been really powerful to your point as far as connecting like hey have you killed anyone you know like i think if it was her that she specifically killed you know someone that she like loved basically right you know i think um I think that would have been even more impactful. So I take it back. I think you are right on that. I think that would have been a real, I think that would have been a good connection within the scope of what we've seen. So, um, Hey, yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think that is a good point, but, but nevertheless, I, I liked it. I think I liked it probably a little bit more than you did, but I understand why, you know, the reduction of you liking a bit less, it makes a lot of sense. So, um, so we'll see. I'm curious how, I'm serious how church thinks, uh, but we'll we'll get that once uh, the next episode. I'll I'll say this. Knowing how the first game ends, but also knowing what the next episode is be about, I have a theory about the season finale. Later. Uh, 
I'm trying to think. I'm on the fence now of what exactly and how much goes down in the quote unquote hospital spoiler of the game massacre <laughs> to save Ellie. It's going to ha- is going to be in the season finale. Now I know they've kind of said it's going to be a one-to-one thing, but knowing that what episode eight is going to mainly consist of, I'm kind of nervous. I'm not like nervous. Like, Oh, it's going to be bad. I'm just wondering again, pacing wise, like how quick we're going to go from episode eight cannibals to I'm about to kill a ton of fireflies. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. that, that like, not, I guess you could say not so much the, the season finale of episode nine. I'm more curious about the transition between the ending of episode eight and Joel starts murdering people. I mean, there's a traveling aspect. It isn't just, it isn't just next scene. Yeah. You know what well, I mean? So it's not going to well, be that awkward of the transition. Yeah. That, that, that's just my thing of like, I don't mean like start of the episode. I mean, I, again, I'm, I'm going to talk about conversation, realizing that, Hey, we're about to cut this girl. You know, again, spoiler about to cut this girl's brains out. She will not survive this. That's, that's what I'm saying. So like episode, like episode eight cannibal fight to, um, boom, we got to start killing people in the hospital. That bridge is I'm not, again, not nervous about, I'm curious of how they're going to play. I'm curious of that, how that transition is going to play out because I feel I mean, you say transition to me, those are, those are two important moments, but they're not, they're not connected to each other. So, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of buildup to those points, you know, those are just, those are just the last two biggest parts of the game. You know what I mean? That, that, that's just me. Cause I'm more, I'm a, I'm a detail, I'm a detailed, I'm just, I guess you can say I'm a more detailed guy of like that, but so it's kind of, this isn't the best comparison, but like, how can I put it in terms of when we saw the trailer for Batman V Superman? I correctly predicted that's going to be like a three minute fight. Count to 60 times multiply it by three. That's all. That's the only fighting we're going to get between Batman Batman versus Superman. And that's going to be the, and the rest of the movie is going to be whatever it's going to be. What I'm saying is how much of the hospital is going to be the season finale versus dust settles, you know, Ellie and Joel talking to the sunset. Um, I don't, you know, again, not nervous about it. I'm just trying to. I'm just. I just want to know. How, I'm curious. I think if the whole episode is be this gun, like gunfire the whole time, or versus like how much of that build up to the moment where I'm gonna kill all of you to save this girl. That's that. That trigger. That's that's why I'm curious of how of how I really want to see that. Yeah, I want to see it too. I think I think maybe if you if you if you go back to the cinematics of the game. Or the gameplay of that last part of the game. It doesn't seem like it doesn't it doesn't to me it doesn't seem like like we switch from this to this. Like what? Like there's a whole there's a whole like slow connection to those things and then him making that decision, things like that. Like just like regular plot device stuff that happens. So I don't th- I, I am curious to see like the build up the build up of that maybe that maybe, maybe maybe that's what i'm maybe that's what i'm trying to i'm trying to connect uh with what you're uh, referring to i think though with what you're saying i think we need to be introduced some way shape or form to uh abby at the end of this season i think that's a necessary thing because for me 
you know, or for, for, for maybe for other gamers as well, for season two, you know, we were like, who is this person? And then eventually like, oh, that's the daughter of one of the doctors that were killed, that Joel killed, right? I think it'd be even more powerful if we get an introduction to Abby and we get an introduction to her finding her, finding her father, right? Because because uh in last of us uh part two there are like two different flashbacks of her running through the hallway the hospital hallway red lights and whatnot and and finding her finding her father dead right when joel like you know took ellie and bounced right when she was unconscious or whatever so i think it would be really powerful when she when he leaves with Ellie, you know, Joel leaves with Ellie and she finds him, I think that would be a great bridge point to not obviously in the season, but you remember who this person is because oh yeah, that's the daughter that saw her doctor like finally get killed. Like I think I think that would be I think that would be really impactful to try to help set up season two. And obviously they kinda of have to fix season two, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I I now that you're saying that, or by the way, you're right, yes, the build up was mm. That build build up build up was more the word I was looking for than transition. Oh, okay. so not going for okay. not going for me to not going not like how to walk for me to be. But you are correct. Thank you. Build up was more of the inkling I was um, aiming at there. So appreciate yeah. that. I hope it's as smooth, right? Because they've been yeah, like the first episode super smooth on on from the beginning of like the the when every the shit goes awry Popped and all that off. stuff. Yeah, like they they did that they executed that very well. So to your point. Um, that buildup should be executed just as fluid. I think that's really important to do that. They can't have another episode seven when it comes to that. This has to be a lot smoother. So I agree with you on that. Um, I was going to say though, I think you're, I think you're onto something. I'm curious. I'm willing to bet. I think Abby finding her father will be the second to last shot we see in season one. The last shot's going to be Ellie and Joel driving to the sunset. I think, I, mean, I, think, I think that's why I think right. season, that's why I think it's gonna end. Like I mean, like right before credits drop, second to last shot, Ellie and Dead Dad. Cut to yeah. El, cut to Ellie and Joel talking of like what happened? Oh, they don't need you. Turns out there's I got dozens of kids like you and drive off. I think Ellie and Ellie and Joel into the I think Ellie and Joel driving to the sunset. Um I think specifically sunset. Um, will be. <laughs> is that what happened? Shot. I'm trying to remember it. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's a lot of sun in there, but I don't remember it being like da 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 da. Like no, like, it was but, at the end of the game. It was more like Ellie kind of has an idea that she lied, but like, huh. she's just kind of going with it. You know what I mean? And obviously, uh, Joel has this selfish guilt. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't. You know, I don't mean driving the sense of like you know officer and gentleman. Pops, <laughs> oh my God. I, yeah, but I mean like I just mean like physically a truck. Yeah, at dawn, yeah, driving away. Yeah, or chucking a road at dawn, but that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Second last shot, Abby and dead dad, last shot, truck on the road, at dawn. Yeah, or dusk. Yeah, dusk. Yeah, it'd be funny if it, it happened just the other way around. <laughs> You're like, damn it, I was almost right. <laughs> so, watch like the last shot. Watch like watch like they cut Ellie and Joel talking about that. It's like, oh, they didn't need you. They didn't need you. Cut back to the fire alarms. You know, foreboding shot. Slow zoom in. Beep 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 beep. beep. And all and all and all of a sudden, this jacked arm just 
grabs the ch- grabs the chest of this dead of this dead of this dead doctor and, and you just see her pull out her photo like a family photo in this doctor's pocket bam last shot last shot of the show just a jacked arm coming in the frame she's so not the, gonna the, be the, the caresser's <laughs> dead not, father she's not gonna be she's not gonna be she'll be jacked afterwards but <laughs> I'm just I'm, I'm just saying a foreboding slow zoom in shot on a dead uh, on a do- on a dead doctor and just whoa like bam foreboding menacing menacing capable of winning a golf club very well jacked arm comes in the frame caress caresses the dead doctor pulls out a family pulls out a family photo boom and the season one <laughs> that's funny. All right, so a uh, couple last things here. I don't know how much we want to talk about this, but uh, Capcom is confirmed to have a digital event, uh, which I believe will be sometime uh, this week. So it says here from uh, Video Game Chronicles, uh, Capcom Spotlight will stream on Thursday, uh, March 9th, 2.30 p.m. Pacific time. Excuse me, with a pre-show 20 minutes earlier. According to the public, oh, goddamn ads. Uh, says here, Capcom, goddamn ads. Okay, according to the publisher, the event will feature news on Resident Evil 4, Exo Primal, Monster Hunter Rise, Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection, and Ghost Trick Phantom Detective. So this is a digital event where we'll be sharing updates and new information about our upcoming games, Capcom said. And it said Capcom recently claimed on its course to sell more games in the fiscal year than any other in its history. With the continued sales of catalog titles, plus the release of Resident Evil 4 scheduled for March 24, a week before the end of its fiscal year, Capcom said during the recent finals results it's expected to sell more than 40 million game units, which is nice, but I don't really care that much. Um... Capcom Spotlight. So that should be interesting. That definitely, um, I might tune in on that just to see. Um, to me, the biggest thing is, um, I mean, I guess it's Resident Evil 4. I mean, we all know it's going to be a banger. You know what I mean? But just, I guess just, just to show a little more is nice. But <laughs> do you think they're going to, do you think Capcom's going to pull a Capcom and add a, no. I guess I can answer my own question. I wasn't asking. Do you think Capcom is going to pull a Capcom and add a, add a weird feature or something no one asked for? For example, like the horrible multiplayer that was linked with the Resident Evil 3 remake. Remember that? Yes. But I, I was going to answer my own question because they already showed sort of they a mercen- the, the mercenaries thing. They just kind of hinted at the mercenaries mode on the Resident Evil 4. So I was going to say, do you think they're, I was going to say, do you think they're going to add this weird, wacky Capcom blah, mode that they think people will like and turns out horrible, but yeah. no, because they already announced mercenaries, which thankfully they realized they can, they better not mess up, which I don't think they will. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And strangely enough, they're already out there on brand for stuff like that. I wonder if they're going to show, uh, anything street fighter related. That is interesting that the, that the uh, article didn't mention anything about street fighter six. I'm like, that's the, another the big one, game, isn't it? The one trailer I saw from somewhere, um, they didn't mention that. I think it's going to be another character reveal. I, I mean, it's 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 a fighting game. It's not like a tearjerker RPG. Um, I think a thing Church was talking about. Either a they might hint that they're going to try to make a comprehensive, quote unquote, thrilling story that Mortal Kombat has very deservedly, you know 
set a high bar for fighting game stories um, and or, you know, another character reveal. Because so far we got Kami, um, Kami's new design, um, Zangief, and that new character who is either related to or the same tribe as T-Hawk. Um, so um, I didn't know that until like I watched a recap on it and they're like, oh, it's the Thunder tribe. And they're like, by the way, same tribe as that guy. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, nice. Um, so again, I think it, I think we see Street Fighter. I think it's going to be brief. I think it's going to be just another character reveal. Or if they don't show a character reveal, I think it needs to be more of a story because I now mind you, I didn't play last Street Fighter console exclusive, but up until now, their their campaigns and their story has been pretty consistently okay. It's kind of like to a point, I'd argue, like Call of Duty. The majority, because remember, you got remember games like Advanced Warfare and Ghost exists. Um, the Call of Duty campaigns are brief; they exist. We look forward to them, but it's not. But the campaigns not the reason we keep coming back. It's 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 Ghost the gameplay. Terrible. You know what's funny? It used it used to be the Modern Warfare one and two fire campaigns, Black Ops fire campaigns, but Ghost awful. Advanced War very okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. It just got worse and worse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, we won't, we, we don't need a soapbox. But everyone says the same thing. That's what happens. You pump a game in every year. Um, exactly. So, again, I wonder how much they're going to stick to. I, I would say stick to their lane of just make a passable story, which you know, I, I would argue they haven't had any A plus, you know, Mortal Kombat eleven style story, um, you know, um, story scripts and overall, you know, surprises. Um, so I wonder if they're going to stick to the lane or try to go branch out of that and see what more they can do, which given that fact it doesn't need to be quote unquote open world, I don't think they will. I think in a smart way, they're going to lean more towards a street fighter, lean towards the gameplay, you know, stay in your lane, turn, you know, turn into the swerve, just have a great fighting game with a passable campaign. And I think they have a chance to just do what street fighters always done and just be a consistently successful game. I agree. And this is, this is definitely a big one on my fantasy card. So I'm, I'm, rooting for it <laughs> but it does well <laughs> you know do you know who i want them to do you know who i want them to announce hmm. chun li i think it'll be a smart move to show chun li because following the quote-unquote success or i want to say at least the number of purchases that i've heard of loosely of her skin from fortnite there were a handful of reasons why, why she was a very purchased uh very highly um designed <laughs> character model for fortnite but oh, yeah. again i i think i think if they were who's the next character they were to show i think chun li would be a smart call i agree i think that's a good move as well uh speaking of uh more dlc here uh from software they announced that uh an elden ring expansion is going to be in the works shadow of the Erd tree uh, was announced via gamatsu um Curious about this. So let me read a little bit of it. So it says here in quote, um, Bam Dynamco cheese teased rise, tarnish and let us walk a new path together. An upcoming expansion of Elden rings. Uh, the shadow of the earth tree is currently in development. We hope, you, uh, we hope you look forward to new adventures in the land between, uh, and the Elden ring currently is available on PS five, Xbox series, PS four and Xbox and PC via steam. It still pisses me off that we're still making games for PS4 and 
fucking Xbox One. But um, I think this is cool. I mean, uh, you know, they just said that it's in development. So, like we were talking about before off air, uh, this game is not coming out this year. So, I'm not adding it on my fantasy card. <laughs> you know, um, let me ask you this because this was an interesting question that came up around like the kind of funny games daily and uh, some other platforms as well, I believe. Um, do you think Elden Ring players will be just as eager to get to the DLC as they were playing the game? I think like will it be like a will it be like a Skyrim situation where like you know whatever DLC they make people are gonna scour to it and you know put another forty hours into it. I think the it I think it depends on its release date. I think it depends what it's up against. Like for like we said, I'm nervous about the overall, um, at least launch success of Dead Island, Dead Island Two, because it's on the heels of Jedi Jedi Survivor, which I think is a very going to be a very huge popular game that people are excited about. I'm excited about. They're both on my fantasy card. Um, so let's say let's say it comes out during a dead time. Let's say they kill the. Let's say that in terms of launch dates, they kill it. It's a dead zone. It's a drought of gaming. Um, nothing. There's no competitors. I I think yes, but not in droves. I think it's gonna get great reviews, but we won't see like astronomical player bases compared to launch. It's one of those things where the I don't want to say few, but I'll just I don't like few is not the most accurate word, but I feel like I feel like it's gonna be very the quote unquote few will be very vocal about how good it's gonna about how good it is. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I think you make a really good point. You made you made several good points. So the first one is it's going to depend on when it releases because I feel like for Elden Ring, a part of its success was when it released. It came out when nothing else was out. Really, I mean, Kill, th- well, I mean, was, it was it was the Horizon killer. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I was about to say, I said Forbidden West came out, but people forgot about that shit. Uh, Dying Light Two, Dying Light Two came out around that time as well, you know, and then Elden Ring just kind of stopped over both of those things. And uh, there wasn't anything else out for like at least another month or so. So just like it dominated in sales for the rest of that for the rest of, of, of last year, you know. So, um, I, and yeah, I think uh, I think in, I think it's going to be popular. I feel like a lot of their marketing is going to dictate the excitement of the game. And then the details around, okay, what's different about, you know, about the DLC in general. Uh, and yeah, like you said, when it releases is going to be really important because if it comes out the same time as another heavy RPG, say if it's something from uh, Obsidian or something like that, you know, who knows, who knows if people are going to run to Elden Ring, right? You know, so, um, so yeah, interesting points definitely on your part. Oh man, you just made me you just made me rehyped for a vowed. Dude, I've I've been waiting, man. I've been waiting to see who's gonna who's gonna drop the goods on the, the more details around that because I'm waiting for it. Dude, uh I again uh, uh, you know for those who aren't familiar, I'll keep it brief. Obsidian has been the quote unquote relief the relief the relief pitcher for RPGs via um Night's Old Republic two, Fallout New Vegas, and then killed it i thought with outer worlds which was right. aka a fallout but trim the fat um and single for that waiting on that one well here's the thing I, i'm kind of okay with the way on elder worlds 2 
because yeah. that trailer joked about it. Like that's true. Yeah. It's like the, the 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 Outer Worlds two announcement trailer was a parody on announcement trailers. It was like, look, we're showing you this, we're showing you that. Is it gameplay? No. <laughs> you know, <laughs> will this come out? Will this be coming out soon? Doubtful. <laughs> you know, that's so, true. So they were at least upfront of like, hey, we're telling you this game is going to exist. We have no idea what. So take with that information or what you will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? No, that's yeah, that's a good point. I thought it was really smart and, 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 uh, and witty that they did it in that nature. Where it's just like, yo, we're working on this, but you got to fucking relax, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like as a gamer. So I thought that was, I thought that was really dope. And, and I think people are okay. Like not hearing about it because they know, like they, uh, they want to put as much time into it, you know, the best time into it, uh, for the game. So I completely are with you there. Uh, I I still want to hear more on uh, on uh, avowed man. We've had, well, we only had like a sixty second CGI re- reveal trailer. Mm-hmm. So, you know something. Yeah. A screenshot. Anything. <laughs> um, Anything. Yeah. But you know, even in, even if they were to copy and paste it, but in p- picture of the Outer Worlds trailer voice, but in medieval times, you know, old English accent. Same, if they did the exact same copy and paste of hell, oh, look at the CGI trailer. It's, it will exist when it comes out soon. When is soon? Not now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, so again, with the Elden Ring DLC, it's kind of like, you know, almost like I wasn't going to say the Cyberpunk DLC, but I think Cyberpunk will have a good amount of people coming back to it because of the success of Edge Runners. Like the timing of that announcement for the DLC was perfect. If it if that had dropped before the Edge Runners and all these massive updates, which drove the players back to the game in droves, would have been a bad time. Yeah, but- I think Edge Runners unequivocally was the driving force for players going back to Cyberpunk, and definitely additional hype for the DLC. That's uh, like that's a fact. Like. Like and and yeah, like, I, I wish they made more because they said like they're not gonna do any more edge runners. They were very. I feel like the few times we get very upfront, transparent things, and we're told no. <laughs> yeah, you know, like hey, is there gonna be is there gonna be a season two? No, we're done. Stop asking. <laughs> it's like, but I want to give you more money. No, we no, we don't need it. <laughs> it's like that's yeah. it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and so Cyberpunk was because de- because the way they did the show, you know, for those of you who haven't seen it, first of all, go watch it. And if you if you have not played the game and you go watch it. Like the set pieces are copy and paste, like just from the game. Like there's just it. I argue to a point there is almost like no original set or location in that show that you had you cannot either directly go to, interact with, or at least see in the game. It was very, very to heart. So um, cyberpunk, the cyberpunk show. Oh, like, the show. The show. Well, yeah, with well, the cyberpunk Edward Jr. show. Like there's so many. There's so many, like, like I said, almost every set piece in that show is a, is a real point in the game. In fact, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, in, in fact, during one of those, one of the times I was streaming it, um, I had to pause the stream because I was like, because I found an audio tape. I forget what they call it. I haven't played it in a while. Um, I found like you know a, a you know a, a audio tape. We'll call it uh, Cyberdisc, and and it starts playing Edgerners. I thought that was like a teaser. I'm like. Okay, it's been a while. They, they see playing. I gotta pause the stream, and then I did you know off stream ended up you know it kept playing. It was like the opening scene, 
from the thing. And oh, the thing wow. is where I, where I found it in the game is where that scene takes place. You know what I mean? Oh, it was wow. like a one to one. So for those of you that haven't, that have yet to still go play cyberpunk. And, and also, um, sorry, for those of you that played cyberpunk day one, never finished it. And you, but now you've watched Ed- edge runner. So I know that's a really niche few of you, but for those of you that played a little bit of cyberpunk and have watched Ed- edge runners, but haven't gone back to the game, go to when you watch cyberpunk that opening scene around the, the koi fish the digital the koi fish that's where you find the tape because that's because that's where that scene takes place like that one-to-one boof <laughs> so that was that was really that's awesome. awesome nice um, i know exactly what you're referring to too that a part that yeah part of the map yep. that's fine yep the koi yep the koi fish is there it wasn't there day one but since the year updates update it's there now um so again with elden ring i think it's gonna be a great success in terms of how much it becomes an overwhelming successful force that the game was I again, I think it just I think it depends on release date, um, because the there were not a lot of major contenders against Elden Ring a launch date. Horizon West again, Horizon West was going to be a good game. I knew that, but it's always also console exclusive. So Elden Ring had Xbox, it had PC again, you know, going for it. So with this DLC, like I said. Will it bring as many people in droves to back to the game that cyber that cyberpunk did? I don't think so. But again, I think Edge Runner, Edge Runner was the biggest force behind that. Um, so that's why. So that's my kind of again, quote unquote, apples apples of how many people will go back to Elden Ring when the DLC drops. A lot, yes. The same numbers we saw people going back to Cyberpunk following Edge Runners, no. Yeah, fair point. I think we'll, we'll have to wait and see. And uh, the last thing on this topic of the show here is uh, Destiny's Destiny 2's last uh, DLC, if I'm not mistaken, Lightfall. Uh, and unfortunately, it seems like it hasn't been getting the highest of acclaim. Uh, a lot of folks aren't too happy about this guy. But I wanted to share this article here on PCGamer.com. It says here, uh, in quote, uh, Destiny 2's Lifehold campaign is a big disappointment after The Witch Queen. So after making its best campaign in years, Bungie stumbles with his latest expansion. Since when The Witch Queen launched last year, it wasn't just a great Destiny 2 campaign, but a great FPS campaign full stop. After years of lightweight expansion campaigns that served as little as little more than funnels into Destiny 2's live service pipeline, the Witch Queen offered a great number of lengthy, challenging missions. It was a fantastic release and yet a high bar for Lightfall, the uh, penultimate uh, expansion in the game's Light and Darkness saga to meet. It says, unfortunately, based on the campaign, at least Lightfall doesn't match the Witch Queen quality. It doesn't even come close. Community reaction has been pretty negative, with much of a surface-level gripping being on the campaign's tone, where the Witch Queen was dark, brooding, and mysterious. Lightfall is more light and campy. Honestly, the tone was the least of my problems. Sure, the, the Cloud Striders feel like they parachuted in from different series altogether, Sure, I was not expecting an 80s action movie uh, pastiche with a buddy duo of young hotshot and their too old for their shit partner and honest to god training montage for the penultimate expansion to the drama saga of warring metaphysical forces. But for me, the much bigger problem is that the delivery of inconsistent is inconsistent within the campaign itself. Um, so I'll stop there. Uh, cause there's just a lot here in this article. So go ahead and read it when you get the chance to, uh, on PCGamer.com, written by Phil Savage. Shout out to you, Phil. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I wish church was here because he's a big destiny guy 
And uh, I know he's had his, uh, you know, he's played it extensively and has had, you know, I want to say he's had a gripe or two about the game. Uh, One of the big things I hear that, and maybe it's not necessarily the campaign's fault or the, the, the expansion's fault, but just Bungie in general is when it comes to a new player playing the campaign, uh, you know, there's a few things that have to be taken into account. One, you have to beat the full original game in order to play Lightfall. Um, that's kind of a big thing. And then also I hear just when it comes to um, the inventory uh, within the game is very convoluted, incredibly convoluted. And I hear they made it even an app to help with the inventory management of the game. Uh, and it's a third party user. Like there's just certain things that, that don't make a whole lot of sense. And obviously this is, uh, this is one of, I feel like this is one of the things that make a game, a serviceable game that's come out, you know, almost 10 years ago, right? A long time ago, right? Where you're making a product where it's supposed to exist for many, many years, you start getting clutter. You start seeing that, you know, you start seeing this kind of the, the, the wear and tear on the actual game itself and the inventory management here is just really fucking awful. You know, so I hear I hear the the I've heard a mixed bag on Life Lawyer. Some people say it's fun. A lot of people just they have a lot of issues with it compared to what they gotten before. Um But what are your what are your thoughts? I know you're not an active Destiny 2 player really, but you know, it seems unfortunately it seems on brand for Bungie at this point. <laughs> Um, I was laughing. I myself muted while you're going. I was laughing like, yo, they have an app for it? Dude, we got a clippy before for Destiny 2. <laughs> Hi, I see you trying to enjoy your enjoy our game. Um, we have a lot of people having you know, I mean, click click here to have, click here to enjoy our game more with a tutorial. <laughs> um so yeah. clippy for Destiny 2, make it happen. <laughs> um I will say this. So I was looking on the Xbox Marketplace and again. One of the reasons why I check there is because with the Xbox Marketplace, you can only leave a review if you have a verifiable purchase. Now, I'm not saying people don't review Bomb, but I would argue on a large scale, your people are less likely to review Bomb or you know spending seventy dollars. You know that price point is understandably a gatekeeper. Like you can't review this till you've bought it. it. Doesn't matter if you played one minute or or you know fifty hours, you cannot leave a review unless you've purchased the game. So less review bombing, but it's still there. Um, it has a two point six. Has a two has a two point six at the time of recording this on Sunday for Lightfall. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one review I saw that's very reminiscent to Destiny One, and which maybe eventually stop playing Destiny One. Um, before I say that, I will say this: Mike, I've not played Destiny Two. I played Destiny One, but what the gameplay what made it really fun. It got very repetitive, very fast. To come end game, like des- you beat Destiny One, and it's like, hey, you beat Destiny One. Do you want to play the same? three missions 50 times so you can unlock one more mission that was dying light one vanilla at launch and that was destiny for me, one destiny one is it dying destiny light? one oh okay. yeah destiny, <laughs> destiny one was you beat the game and now the post game is playing the same three missions like dozens plural of times just to have the option to unlock the bigger better mission i'm like no I'm not. I'm done. Um, um, from what I've seen from Destiny 2, aesthetically looks graphics-wise, it is still a gorgeous game. Destiny 1, when I had it on my Xbox One, 
Destiny 1 was by far the prettiest game I owned. So aesthetically speaking, seeing what Lifefall looks like on Destiny 2, I'm like, that's going to look really pretty on a, on a 4K monitor or TV. Um, but for me, this is one review that stuck out on the Xbox Marketplace um, titled So Confusing. Imagine playing through Titanfall 2 looking for the Ark, except you don't know what the, what the Ark is and why it's important. That's the entire campaign, such a step down from Witch Queen. And the reason I like that one, because I mentioned story, for me, that was kind of like the entire story of Destiny 1. The entire story for Destiny 1 was Peter Dinklage phoning it in during a loading screen. It's like, well, where are we going? Oh, do you want to have a cutscene or show the game? Now we're just going to have a robot talk to you in the loading screen. That's the story. I'm like, Ugh. it's fun to play, but I have no idea what's going on, why it's going on, who am I fighting? <laughs> That's a bad guy. Why is he a bad guy? Because we told you he's a bad guy. Um, So... Now I know that's not Destiny 2, but that's I'm getting the I'm seeing those again, those story like you said, the story related things on on the DLC. Um I'm not yeah. shocked that it got like mixed reviews. I will say this. I will say I I I think it's getting less reviews than I thought it would. I thought it was going to get like threes or three and a half, fours max. I knew this wasn't going to kill it. It's still Destiny 2. <laughs> Um, and that's another thing you speak to, you get, you speak to this game about new players. Again, this really isn't really for new players. The kind of caveat there is I would argue to a point, I feel like it wasn't marketed to new players. It's, which is understandable, but for those, for people that were, that were looking to play Destiny 2, because of this, there's going to be a lot of walls before you get to this point. Um, as of right now, Destiny 2, the, the, the base game is a free game, as far as I know, as far as I know, and then it's all the expansions that are paid for. Um, I'm, again, I would argue I'm a little shocked of how bad it's getting scored. Um, again, I, I would say max 3.54, like, like on, a, on a five scale, I thought I was going to get three and a half to four max. So to have it averaging two and a half to three in most places, I kind I find kind of surprising because of how successful and how highly reviewed the the Witch Queen was. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it definitely seems. Unfortunately, it seems like it's uh, it's one of those things where it's not really a full surprise. Again, I wish uh, I wish I could get the detail from Church on just kind of what his thoughts are. I don't know if he's played the 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 dlc or not but um but yeah that's kind of it seems like the just the you know what the issue is of the game it seems like it's kind of milled it in in a sense you know and then obviously you have this game that is not welcoming new players which is weird because i feel like with when it comes to a service you think you would want to have an entry that's welcome to players you know but then the other the other issue is is that you have this thing that you're 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 you have this repetition issue where it's like, okay, where's the variety and what you're doing in the game? You know, obviously they say the best thing is to play the game with multiple people. Like that is the best way because you're going to have the most fun. And then obviously they'll be able to let you know what the, the you know, what the, the issue is or, or what the um, 411 is on how to manage your inventory. Um, <laughs> Um, story? No, no, how to manage your inventory. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, okay, hey, man, hey, bro, I want you to play this game real quick, though. Download this app. What? <laughs> you got to do it, bro. You got to download this app. You know, like, if I if I joined a group, you know, a gaming group of 
buddy's playing, you know, Destiny, and they tell me you need to download an app. It's like, okay, I'm not playing this. This is ridiculous. Done. It's like you know. hard pass. No, just pass. I'm not, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, one thing you talk about, you know, about for new players, not exactly apples to apples, but we were talking about a while ago during the last showcase, um, the Xbox developer showcase. Remember Elder Scrolls Online? Elder Scrolls Online, big marketed in the marketing in a big way to new players remember they showed um i forget how they, exactly they did it it was either like i think they said all of our dlcs are like free during a certain time or something like that remember you remember that they now they showed all the dlcs they had all oh, sorry expansions so you know all the expansions because it's like a hybrid mmo but not an mmo you know it's not world of warcraft but it's not borderlands um and so with Elder Scrolls Online, they they did they, they did had a big push to get new players to come in, with making those previous expansions public. And like I said, we talked about it. We you know I forget if it was like, hey, this expansion's free here to here this date. This expansion is free this to this date, or you know I mean, or they said, hey, you can pick two and two are free, something like that. But overall, what I'm saying is other games like Elder Scrolls Online clearly had a big focus on new players to get new players to join that community. Whereas this one really didn't from the direct marketing I saw. Now, again, there may have been separate developer interviews, separate, you know, one-on-one separate articles, but the overall of announcement trailers, you know, everything like that, you know, for example, I just, you know, IGN, I, a lot of people like me use IGN for stuff like that. And I, for a lot of these, you know, trailers we saw gameplay and cinematic nothing really like you i would feel targeted at having this this community to to grow it was just here's new stuff this is kind of for the post game people only which isn't the worst thing in the world but again i would say it wasn't aimed at drawing more people in i'm not sure if it affected it but yet here we are with some places like 2.5 reviews where it was targeted towards the existing players, but your existing players aren't too happy. So yeah. You know what I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just seems like a mess, unfortunately. And then and obviously uh, wrapping this up, it is on um, church's fantasy card. So, <laughs> so dude, and seeing good luck to like, him. Dude, not gonna lie, I'm not saying yeah, I'm glad this failed, but I'm glad this is on Church's fantasy card because because he has because Church we're calling it out Church has the game of the year on his on his sheet, which is Tears of the Kingdom. I'm yeah. sitting over here. I'm yeah. sitting over here like I'm sitting over here like hey, this rookie out of nowhere, Hogwarts Legacy put me on the board. Hey, I'm happy for it. Like I'm sitting I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here like a Detroit Lions fan. Like did we go to the Super Bowl? No, but guess what, guys? We saw the playoffs. We we were on a field in a playoff game. This is this is a win, so I'm so I'm sitting I'm sitting here with the gamer equivalent of a Detroit Lions fan of like, man, Hogwarts Legacies are Jared Goff. It took us the distance. Do we go? Do we do we get to the do we get to the finish line? No, but we went way farther than we thought we were gonna do. Good job, <laughs> good job, Hogwarts. So seeing that, so seeing that again, life falls on church on churches um sheet there, with Tears of the Kingdom calling it now game of the year. I'm just like okay, cool. If I can just be that much more considered if my if my my list can be that much more of a contender in this versus a blowout i'm happy there you go and then 
God, it's so frustrating because all the games that I picked are coming out later in the year, but that might work out for me and Policy. It's like, uh, still seeing zero. <laughs> well, like, well, like, well, look, well, the opposite end is like mine, where again, I have two of my games competing against each other. Dead Island, Jedi Fallen Order, Jedi Fallen Survivor, don't oh, fight. You're, yeah. you're on, you're both on my same team. <laughs> Get along, please. <laughs> Yeah, I'm yeah, That's gonna be an interesting when those games come out. See how your fantasy car looks after that, <laughs> dude. If, dude, if this was like this was like the equivalent of like last year. If you guys pick all your drafts and like I pick Elden Ring, like I pick I pick Horizon, I pick Horizon Forbidden West, and I pick Elden Ring, and I'm like, cool, Horizon Forbidden West, uh, Horizon uh, Forbidden West, uh, first week in February, also an announced date. Elden Ring is coming out the third week in February. Shit. <laughs> yeah, it's like no. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, that is the rest of the list here for Gamers for Life. Not too much this past week, but definitely wanted to get together, get that episode in here for you guys and getting close to our 100 episode, which is crazy to think Centennial. about. Which is amazing. Really excited for for that definitely. Um but yeah, man, any lasting words before we close out? Uh, thanks for listening. I'm looking forward to episode 100. Yeah, that's, cool. that's gonna be crazy. We should probably do something fun for that. Either be an ebreed or something. <laughs> I, I'm trying. I'm depending on Wi-Fi. I'm considering. I'm consider. I'm not saying like getting a hotel, but like you know, I'm living with I'm living with family. There's a kid in the house, so like that. Oh but yeah, I'm, that's gonna be an issue. But I'm, but again, I'm I am absolutely considering my options of. I'm absolutely considering my options of. I like you. I'm like, oh, maybe get a little inebriated, enjoy, enjoy the night. So, what options do I have on the table to make that a possibility? We'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> are you talking about? Are we talking about stream, gaming streaming, or what are we talking about? No, I'm talking. No, I'm talking. I'm talking about me, the you know me you know throwing back a few. Um, oh. Okay. Figure out loud like me throwing back a few might be me. You know, if I if I get a hotel for the night. Oh. Okay. Hopefully, where hopefully wherever I stay out here and out here in the boonies. You can bring still pod their wi-fi yeah their wi-fi is good so i'm in the cut like yeah. put it this way where i'm at right now has a population not too much larger than the population of my high school mm. so. a rotary for the internet <laughs> <laughs> oh hoy hoy <laughs> well that's a grab up here for the games for life podcast again each and every friday so saturday so sunday discussing all things games and one of your with me is the og himself arthur thomas that's me all right, guys. Thanks so much. We will see you next week.